And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the New Testament passage of 1 Timothy. The New Testament passage of 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy in chapter number 1. We're in a little series as we're starting the brand new year and as people are getting used to me. We're in a series of the vision of God that we start with how we see God and it affects everything else in our life. And we want to continue with that thought with a simple idea here that we find in the Bible. We find this principle of hope. You know, you could live a while without food. It may not be fun, but you could live a while without food. You could live a little while without water. But one thing you cannot live without is hope. Everyone needs hope. There are some people whose bodies are healthy, but uh, something may happen, but they give up hope and their body gives away, their mind gives away. There are some people who feel like they need to take shortcuts out of this life because they don't have any hope. And so hope is necessary and hope is something important and hope is something that is found in the Bible quite often. And so if you wouldn't mind, look with me in the book of 1 Timothy chapter number 1, 1 Timothy chapter number 1, and notice with me in verse number 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 1, notice what the Bible says. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior, and the Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark that phrase that we find in 1 Timothy chapter 1, where it says, Jesus Christ, which is our hope. And I'd like to preach to you a message about hope and that Jesus Christ is our hope. Let's pray if you wouldn't mind. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much again for the great privilege it is to open up the Bible and to see the truth that's found in your Bible. We're asking that you would just please be with us, that you would order my steps, order my mind, order my thoughts, make everything pleasing in your sight for the purpose that we can see you high, holy, and lifted up. Lord, I know my own inadequacies, I know my own problems, my own things, and I know that I'm not capable. Lord, I don't even dare to try to do anything on my own, so the best I know how, I surrender myself to you and ask that you fill me with your precious Holy Spirit and that you would get your own work accomplished and that you would provide what only you can do and that you would give these good folks hope. And in Jesus' name, amen. In the Bible, in 1 Timothy chapter number 1, in verse number 1, the Apostle Paul opens up this letter to his son of the faith, and he announces from the very get-go, Jesus Christ, which is our hope. That's a pretty good announcement, that Jesus Christ is our hope. And so I want to ask you the question, what makes Jesus Christ, what makes him our hope? Now with that, maybe I should define some terms. The word hope, some people use it different ways. For example, some people may have said last night, I hope it doesn't snow. But they say that and it's almost like a wistful thing. It's almost like blowing in the wind type thing. Just something you can't give a hold on. But that's not how the Bible uses the word hope. The word hope in the Bible means a confident expectation of someone or something sure to come. 
Now, let me repeat that again. It is a confident expectation of someone or something sure to come. So when we say that Jesus Christ is our hope, it is a confident expectation that He is going to do what He said He was going to do. That Jesus Christ is our hope. So let me ask you that question and we're going to answer it. What makes Jesus Christ our hope? Why is He our confident expectation? What is it about Jesus that we could put our hope, our trust, or maybe we could use the word faith? How come we could put our faith in Jesus? What makes Him our hope? Well, let me show you some things about the Bible and what it says in the Bible. First, turn with me to the book of Titus. If you're in the book of 1 Timothy, we go 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus. Titus in chapter number 2. Titus in chapter number 2, and we're going through asking the question, what makes Jesus Christ our hope? What is it about the hope that we have in Jesus Christ? What is it about this confidence that we could put, this faith that we can put in Jesus? Notice with me in the book of Titus in chapter number 2. Titus in chapter number 2, and notice with me in verse number 11. Titus 2 and verse 11, the Bible says this, For the grace of God that hath bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now here we have the Apostle Paul writing to his other son in the faith, Titus, and he is telling them that in verse 11, that the grace of God bringeth sal- that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. What he's saying is that Jesus has appeared to all men, and that's our hope, that everyone can trust in Jesus. And once you've trusted in Jesus, verse 12, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly. That word soberly has the idea of seriously, that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. That because of what Jesus Christ has done for us, it allows us to live a holy life right now. Why? Verse 13, uh, 13, looking for that blessed hope, that glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Notice the type of hope that we have here. It is our blessed hope. Why is Jesus Christ a blessed hope, a happy hope? It's because He's coming again. Verse 13, Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Why is Jesus Christ our hope? Because He is coming again. You know, when Jesus Christ comes again, He is going to fulfill everything He said He was going to do. This is what makes Jesus Christ our hope, is that Jesus Christ is coming back. He promised us He's taking us to heaven. And when He comes back, He's going to do that. He promised us to forgive us forever. And when He comes back, He's going to do that. He says we can have a home in heaven. And when He comes back, He's doing that. We can live with God forever. When He comes back, He's going to fulfill His Word. This is that blessed hope that we have that Jesus Christ is going to come back and He's going to do what He said He was going to do. This is why we as Christians, we can have hope. What is our hope? That Jesus Christ is coming back. And that when He comes back, He is going to do what He said He was going to do. Isn't it a wonderful thing that we can have hope 
that we're going to heaven? Isn't it a wonderful thing that we have hope that we can see our loved ones once again? Isn't it a wonderful thing that we can spend time with God forever? We have that confident expectation. We have that hope because Jesus Christ is coming again. And when he does that, he is fulfilling his word. What makes Jesus Christ our hope? Well, we have a blessed hope in Jesus that Jesus Christ is coming again. Let's see something else the Bible says. Notice with me 1 Peter chapter 1. Now, if you're in Titus, keep turning the right direction. We go to Philemon, then to Hebrews, and then to 1 Peter. 1 Peter in chapter number 1. What is the hope that Jesus Christ gives us? Oh, Hebrews, James, then 1 Peter. Sorry. 1 Peter chapter 1. What is the hope that Jesus Christ gives us? It is a blessed hope that Jesus Christ is coming again. That He's, we're putting our confidence. We have a confident expectation that He is coming. That He's going to do what He said He was going to do. That gives us a blessed hope. What about this hope that Jesus Christ gives us? Notice with me 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. Notice what it says. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Notice the type of hope that we have. We have a lively hope or a living hope. You say, why do we have confidence that Jesus is coming again? The reason why is because He lives. He lives. Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and mine. But the story didn't end there. They buried him in a borrowed tomb. And on the third day, Jesus Christ arose again and he's alive forevermore. And when Jesus rose again, it proved two things. It proved that Jesus was indeed God. It also proved that, that God had forgiven us of our sins, and that was the receipt that God had accepted the payment that Jesus made. And so because Jesus rose again, we have a living hope. You know, my hope is in someone that's alive. We can't say that about other religions and other things. Do you know that Muhammad, he's dead and buried. You could go to his grave. Confucius is dead and buried. You can go to his grave. You could go to... Uh, to um, Joseph Smith, you could go to his grave. You could go to Mary Eddie Baker Glover, whatever last name she has. You could go to her grave. You could go to those other ones. But the thing that's different is that I serve a risen Savior. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is with me no matter what men may say. I hear his voice of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives! He lives! Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives! He lives! Salvation to impart. You ask me how I know He lives? He lives within my heart. One of the reasons why we can have a confident expectation that Jesus Christ is going to come back and do what he said he was going to do, is because our Savior lives. He rose from the grave. He ascended to heaven. He is sitting on the right hand of the Father. And he's praying for us right now. I have a confidence in a living Savior. What is the type of hope that I have in Jesus Christ? First of all, he is a blessed hope. 
Oh, I have a blessed hope. I have a, that word blessed carries the idea of happy. I have a happy hope. I have a confidence. I have a joy because he's coming again. Why can I have hope in Jesus? Not only because he's coming again, but I have a living hope, a lively hope because Jesus arose from the grave. I have a living hope. I have someone alive to put my trust, my confidence, my faith in. That is why Jesus Christ is our hope. What else does the Bible say about the hope that we have in Jesus Christ? Turn with me, if you wouldn't mind, to the book of Romans. If you go to the beginning of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. Romans in chapter number 8. Romans in chapter number 8, and we see another type of hope that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. What type of hope do we have? Jesus is our blessed hope. Jesus is our lively hope. And in Romans chapter 8, we see something else about the hope that we have. Notice in chapter 8 and verse 24. Notice what it says, For we are saved by hope. But hope that is seed is not hope. For what a man seeth, why does he yet hope for it? But if we hope for what we see not, then we do with patience wait for it. You know what type of hope we have according to Romans chapter 8? We have a saving hope. We have a saving hope. None of us have seen Jesus Christ. So how do we know he's coming? Because we have belief, we have a faith that he's going to do what he said he was going to do. This is where we could substitute the word hope with the word faith. That I put my faith in Jesus. I have a confident expectation that he's going to do what he said he was going to do. And because I have that confidence in him, it saves me. What do we need saved from? I need forgiven of my sins. Do you know that heaven's a perfect place? That's why we want to go there. In heaven, there's no more sickness, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more death, no more tears. It's a perfect place. But what really makes heaven worth going there is that God is there. That God, according to the Bible, is called holy, holy, holy. That word holy carries the idea of perfect. That we could say it this way, that God is perfect, perfect, perfect. The problem is, friend, is that none of us are perfect. Do you know that I'm a preacher, but I've told lies before? How many of you ever told a lie before? Right? We all need to raise our hand because if you don't, you're a liar. We've all told lies. The Bible says in the Ten Commandments that thou shall not bear false witness. Good, you can put your hand now, down now. I'll let you put it back up in a second. How many of you have ever disobeyed your folks before? I'm a preacher, I've done that. We've all done that. We've all disobeyed God's hand, God's law. Go ahead and put your hands down. The Bible says in the Ten Commandments to honor thy father and thy mother. You know what we just admitted? We all just admitted that we're not perfect. We can all agree with that. The Bible says the same thing in Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says in order to get to heaven we have to be perfect. But we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now the Bible talks about that because heaven is perfect and we're not, that logically, just using logic, you can't set something that's not perfect and place it in a perfect place. It would ruin it, wouldn't it? For example, I have three kids, one of each. I'll let you figure that out later. (laughs) I have uh, three kids. And let's say that they went outside and they played in the mud. And their clothes are all muddy. 
And they got home and they took their muddy clothes and put it on a clean pile of clothes that my wife just got through washing. That would make the whole pile of clothes dirty by association. Do you know if God lets one imperfect thing into heaven, it would make the whole thing not perfect. And God has to protect heaven. So he can't allow anything that's not perfect to go to that perfect place. Now you say, preacher, all you've told me is bad news. Yeah, I know. But here's the good news. God says in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. Or basically because we've broken God's law, we deserve to be separated from God. But, the Bible says, but eternal... But, excuse me. It says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, God wanted us to go to heaven so badly... He's given it away. That's why Jesus died. He paid our price on the cross. He did it to save us or to keep us from going to that awful place called hell. And what's more is he did it for free. I love kids. I like doing illustrations. You guys like gifts? If I was to give you a gift, what must you do to make it yours? What did you have to do? You just took it, right? Did you have to mow my lawn for that? No. Did you have to pay any money for that? No, you didn't have to be nice. All you had to do was take that, right? Well, the same thing's true about going to heaven. To go to heaven, you don't have to go to church. To go to heaven, you don't have to pay money to the church. To go to heaven, you don't have to help little old ladies cross the street. Now, all those things are good things and things that we should do, but those things won't get us to heaven. The only thing that will get us to heaven is that Jesus paid our price. And when we put our confidence in Jesus Christ, it saves us. The Bible says in Romans 10, 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from the penalty, that price. To save us from separation from God. To save us from hell. And God saves us when we put our hope in him, when we put our faith in him, when we have a confident expectation that Jesus is going to do what he said he was going to do, we have a saving hope. So what is the type of hope that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, the Bible says we have a blessed hope because Jesus Christ is coming again. And when he comes back, he's going to do what he said he was going to do. What is the hope that we have in Jesus Christ? The Bible says it is a lively hope because we're putting our hope in a living Savior. He rose from the grave. What is the type of hope that we have in Jesus Christ? The Bible says it's a saving hope. That when I put my hope, I put my confidence, I put my faith in him. It saves me from the penalty that I owed Christ. What is the type of hope that I have? Notice with me in the book of Romans. We're still in Romans chapter number 5. And let's see what else the Bible says about the hope that I have in Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 5 and verse, excuse me, and verse number 1. Romans 5 verse 1 it says, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our faith. Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Notice that phrase, we rejoice in hope in the glory of God. We could say it this way, we have a glorious hope. We have a rejoicing hope. What type of hope do we have in Jesus Christ? We have a very good hope where we could rejoice. We can glory in maybe we could say it this way we can shout 
You know, some people say, I'm not a shouting type person. Oh, yeah? You were in that Green Bay Packer game not too long ago, right? You know, I'm not a shouting person. Oh, yeah, you've been waiting for that deer and that deer stand and you shoot him and you want to go tell everyone about it. What should, what should give us a shout? Telling us that we're going to heaven. We got something to shout about. I don't have to be stuck in this old filthy world. When I die, I'm not going to be worm food and just put in a box. But I'm going to live with God forever. My sins are forgiven and purged and wiped away and not going to be held against me. Man, that should give you something to shout and sing. That should give you something to rejoice about. Man, this is a wonderful thing. I've got a rejoicing hope, a glorious hope because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. I've got something to be excited about. Let me tell you, hearing about Jesus shouldn't be boring at all. It should be exciting. It should be glorious because the hope that I have. Have you ever hoped for something and you hoped and you hoped and you hoped and it came to pass? Do you just kind of go, oh, that's nice. No, you're excited about it. Have you ever had that prayer that you were praying for and you were praying and you were praying and you are praying and God answered it? Woo, all right, God did it. You know, we need to get back and having some shout again. We should be excited. People says, well, I'm much too dignified for that. Oh, put it aside. We've got a great God. We should be the happiest people around. A discouraged Christian is a poor testimony for what God has done. You say, you don't understand what's going on. Yeah, but let me tell you one thing. They can't take heaven away from you. They can't take away the fact that Jesus loves you so much that he died for you and he paid the price for you. You know what? We, sometimes we get stuck looking at the stuff here and we forget to look up and see what a great God we truly have and all that he has done for us. What type of hope do we have in Jesus Christ? He's our blessed hope because he's coming again. What type of hope do we have? We have a lively hope because he lives. What type of hope do we have in Jesus Christ? He is our saving hope. When I put my faith and confidence in Him, it saves me from my sin. It saves me from that separation from God. What type of hope do I have in Jesus? It's a glorious hope. It's a rejoicing hope because of what He has done for me. What type of hope do we have in Jesus Christ? Let me show you something else the Bible says about the hope. Turn with me to the book of 1 Peter once again. 1 Peter in chapter number 3. What is the type of hope that I have in Jesus Christ? Notice with me 1 Peter chapter number 3. This is good stuff. 1 Peter chapter number 3 and verse 15. 1 Peter 3, 15 it says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You see what that passage says? It says, you need to be ready always to have an answer to answer them. What are they questioning? What's their question? Why can you have a hope? You know what type of hope we have in Jesus? We have a reasonable hope. We have a hope that we can explain to someone and tell them how they can know for sure that they're going to heaven. We have a reasonable hope. Aren't you glad it's reasonable? It's not imaginary. It's not something that's out there. It's not something where you go ask people, are you 100% sure if you died today you'd go to heaven? Sometimes when we ask that question, sometimes we'll say, yeah, sure. And I'll ask them, how do you know? 
If Jesus himself met you outside the gates of heaven and said, why should I let you in? What would you tell him? Some people will say, well, because I'm a good person. You know, being a good person, that's maybe good, but it won't get us to heaven. Some people will say, well, because my parents are Christians. Just because your parents are Christians doesn't mean you're going to heaven. Some people will say, well, I own a Bible. Just because you own a Bible doesn't mean you're going to heaven. Some people will say, because I'm a member of a church, church membership doesn't get you to heaven. You know why we go to heaven? It's because I'm a sinner and I owe God a price. But God loved me so much, he sent his only begotten son to die for me. And there was a time in my life where I accepted him to be my savior. And God saved me. And because of that, I have forgiven of all of my sins. Let me tell you about what happened to me. I was at Vacation Bible School in Dallas, Texas when I was a small child. I was went through all five days of Vacation Bible School. Finally on that Friday, I could take you to the pew I was sitting in when the preacher opened up the Bible and showed me from the Bible that I was a sinner. And I didn't need much convincing on that. I knew I was a sinner. And he showed me from the Bible because of my sin, I had hurt and offended a holy, righteous God. And I deserved to go to an awful place called hell. And I didn't want to go there. But the preacher loved me enough to show me from the Bible that Jesus loved me. And that Jesus paid my price. And I remember where I was sitting at, with the pew I was in, when I bowed my head and I accepted Jesus as my Savior. And from that point on, God has forgiven all of my sins. And you know what? That's a reasonable hope. I can explain that. Many years ago... I was street preaching with a missionary friend of mine in Phoenix and we were out in downtown area. And um, as the, we were taking turns and the missionary was preaching at that time and I was out passing out tracts to the crowd and trying to talk with them. And we were watching a guy across the street who was watching us and finally he got curious enough. He came up and, and um, began to look at us. So I went up and struck a conversation with him. I said, oh, you enjoying the preaching? You enjoying the thing? He says, yeah, I like religious things. And I said, um, so can I ask you a question? He said, sure. I said, are you 100% sure if you die today that you would go to heaven? He says, absolutely, absolutely. I said, praise the Lord. There's not a, people, a lot of people who know that for sure. I said, if Jesus himself met you outside the gates of heaven and said, why should I let you come into my heaven? What would you tell him? He says, quite simple. Because I am Cardinal Ferdinand, whatever, of the archdiocese, blah, 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 of whatever. And he went on for 30 seconds. By the way, 30 seconds is a long time to give a whole name and stuff. And he, he went on for about 30 seconds giving a whole list of titles. And I went, wow. So if you went to heaven and you told him that, they would let you in. He says, they know exactly who I am. Okay, well, never heard that one before. So I, I found out that this guy is an, actually an, uh, a cardinal of the Catholic Church there. And uh, he was on a smoke break and he had taken off his collar so he could kind of walk around downtown and people wouldn't really notice him. And um, I said, well, I could tell that you've been in this business for a while and I'm a young preacher boy. Can I ask you a question and maybe you could help me out? And he says, sure. I said, if I came up to you and said, how can I know for sure that I'd be going to heaven? What would you tell me? And he says, that's very good. Let me." And he went through the seven sacraments that the Catholic people believe. He, they believe that you have to have be baptized in order to go to heaven, that you have to um, go to Mass, 
and you have to go to confession, and you have to have holy rites, and they went on through all seven of the sacraments. And when he was done, I said, wow, so if I do all of that, I know for sure that I'm going to heaven? And he says, well, you'd be pretty close. I said, okay. I said, well, I'm a young preacher, and you've obviously been in this business for a long time. Can I tell you what I tell other people, how they can know for sure to go to heaven, and you let me know what you think? And he says, sure, I'd be glad to help you out. Sure, not a problem. So I went in and opened up the Bible, and and I said, well, you know, heaven's a perfect place, kind of like I explained to you all, that heaven's a perfect place, and that none of us are perfect people, and that that I'm a sinner and I've told lies and disobeyed my folks and you probably have too. I said, according to the Bible, because of our sin, we deserve to be separated from a holy, righteous God. And when we die, there's only two places to go, a wonderful place called heaven or an awful place called hell. Now, again, I took my time. I'm giving you the shortened version of it. And I said that God never intended a single person to go to hell, but he intended Satan and his demons to go to hell to be punished there. Man goes there by default because we deserve to be separated from God. I said... But Jesus died for us to pay for our price. And he, and I went and explained that. And I said that all you have to do to receive that gift is to just ask him for it. And he promised he would forgive you. When I was done, after talking to this cardinal, I said, so this is what I tell people. What do you think? And he immediately began to shake. And he began to talk to himself. He stopped talking to me and he just started walking off shaking. And he says, you know, I've never heard it before. Uh, no, before we got there, forgive me. I said, now, after I told you all of this, do you believe what I told you was biblical? And he said, yes. Do you believe what I told you was true? Yes. Do you believe what I told you was uh, simple? He said, yes. I said, with it being true and biblical and simple, would you be willing to accept Jesus as your Savior? That's when he began to shake and he began, I have to rethink all of this. I have to study this. I have to change what everyone starts telling. I have to change what, you know, and he just started shocking. He just left me. And he just started just shaking and just going off and, and going off. You see, when he told me how to get to heaven, I still didn't know for sure after what he told me. But I had a reasonable hope. I could tell someone from the Bible that Jesus died for me. And he paid my price. And I can know that I know that I know I'm going to heaven. Hey, as a scientist, I love that word know. That means to have confidence, to have a surety. 1 John chapter 5 says, These things are written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. Man, I love to know that I have it. The Bible says in the verse before, 1 John chapter 5 verse 12, He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. The question is simple. Do you have Jesus? Then if you know that you have Jesus, you have life. If you don't have Jesus, then you don't have life. Isn't that simple? The question is, do you have Jesus? This is why he is our hope. He is our blessed hope because he's coming again to do what he said he was going to do. Why is Jesus our hope? He is our lively hope because he rose from the grave and he lives forevermore. I have a confidence in a living Savior. Why is Jesus our hope? He is our saving hope. When I put my faith and confidence in Jesus that it saves me. What is this hope that we have? It's a glorious hope. It's a rejoicing hope. I can shout because Jesus saved me. What type of hope do we have? It's a reasonable hope. It's a type of hope where I can reasonably explain to someone why I know for sure that I'm going to heaven. It's a reasonable hope. What type of hope do we have in Jesus Christ? 
Turn with me to the book of 1 John, if you wouldn't mind. If you're in 1 Peter, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, 1 John. 1 John in chapter number 3. What is this hope that we have in Jesus Christ? 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed on us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew Him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him. For we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. What is the type of hope that I have in Jesus Christ? The Bible says it is a purifying hope. What does that mean? That means that Jesus Christ is coming again. And when he comes back, the Bible says, I'm going to have to give an account for my life. And when I realize that he's coming back, it should make me look at my life and say, is this the type of life that I want him to see? You imagine what it would be like if Jesus Christ came back now and you were in the middle of sin. Wouldn't that be kind of horrible for all of eternity saying, what was you doing when Jesus came back? I don't want to talk about it. You know, My goal is always, and my desire is to be the person who leads the last person of the Lord. I want to have an open Bible in my hand and having the person getting ready to bow their head just when they bow their head before any words come out, Jesus goes, boom! And then we get to heaven and when I get there and say, where was you at when Jesus came back? I was there telling the last person. I was telling someone how they can know for sure to get to heaven. Wouldn't that be good? Wouldn't it be horrible if it was in church time and Instead of being in church, you were out of church and say, where was you at when Jesus Christ came back? I was skipping out. You know, this is a purifying hope that we have, that Jesus Christ is coming back. And because he is coming back, it should make me look at my life and say, is this the type of life that I want him to return to? Is this the type of life that I'm waiting for? This is a purifying hope. What is the hope that we have in Jesus Christ? He's our blessed hope. He's coming back. What type of hope do we have? It's a lively hope. He's alive forevermore. What type of hope? It's a saving hope. What type of hope is it? It's a glorious hope. It's a rejoicing hope. What type of hope is it? It's a reasonable hope. What type of hope is it? It's a purifying hope. What type of hope do I have in Jesus Christ? My hope is that he is going to do what he said he was going to do. And it changes my entire life. You see, Jesus Christ is our hope. It's not a wistful thing. It's not a thing that just kind of blows in the wind. The word hope carries the idea of a confident expectation of someone or something sure to come. And I'm thankful that Jesus Christ is my hope. I'm thankful for the hope that I have in Him. Jesus Christ has done so much. Let me read just one last verse and then we'll close it out. Second Thessalonians chapter number 2 and I could read it for you if you don't mind. It says, Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and, our, and God, even our Father, which hath loved us, hath given us an everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. Comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. The Bible says we have a good hope. And God has given us this good hope by His grace. He just gave it to us. 
because he loved us. None of us deserve to go to heaven. Not a single one of us. I'm a pastor of a church and I don't deserve to go to heaven. But God says, I loved you so much, I'm just giving it away. Won't you just take this hope that he's given you? You say, how do I do that, preacher? By just simply asking him. First, Romans 10, 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The question I want to ask you is, is Jesus Christ your hope? Do you know for sure that you are going to heaven? Has God forgiven you of all of your sins? If that is not true, then let me tell you, this could be the greatest day of your life. You could accept that free gift that God has given you, that hope that Jesus has, and you can have it now. If you do have this hope in you, what are you doing with it? Is it still a good thing? Are you still glad you're going to heaven? I mean, or has it kind of got old and crusty and kind of no longer exciting? Does it still excite you to think that Jesus loved you, that he died for you, and he paid you a price? You know, sometimes we just need to get back to being happy Christians again because God has given us hope. He's given us hope. In fact, in one of the names of God is that he is the God of hope. I'm glad that we can have hope. If you don't mind, let's pray and talk to the Lord now. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much again for you being a wonderful God. And I thank you for the hope that we have in you. That you died for us and you paid our price. And then you rose again the third day and you're our living Savior. Lord, I'm just asking that people can know for sure that they have this hope. With every head bowed and every eye closed, as we continue